On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we talk about the game in which involved the best team in the NFC, the Green Bay Packers winning in Arizona. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. Third down and seven. Rodgers backs up. Throws. Adams, touchdown, Green Bay. But what if we win? Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> well, what if we win? <laughs> I like how I like how Dan started a new tradition that he cracks beer every episode. <laughs> so it's just a reason for him to crack said beers. But we're gonna keep it going. I mean, maybe I won't crack them if we lose. But then there's also a thing called sad beers. <laughs> it's a that's win-win. two that's two cracks <laughs> then we go to the whiskey this this is a, a beerful occasion for sure but what if we win but what if we win i it's i think we had a lot of different ways we thought this game could go but it all kind of ended up with the packers losing that we we had this idea of getting some turnovers and making some big plays and keeping it close into the fourth quarter at least be in striking distance i don't think any of us would have expected that we would lead just about the entire game. I just, I, there's no way on human earth we thought that was a possibility. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I can't believe how we controlled the game. The first half, there was a point in time where we literally had almost, I think it was double their amount of time of possession in the first half. Um, and any time that you can keep Kyler Murray off the field and Aaron Rodgers and crew on, you're setting yourself up for success. But with that said, it did take three turnovers to get this to 24 to 21. So we did have to do some work. Well, we got the turnovers. And and to add on to your stat, in the middle of the third quarter, the amount of plays in opponent territory was 27 for the Packers and only seven for the Cardinals. Like it was 10-7 at half, but you felt like there was some comfort with it. No feeling I felt last night was a feeling I expected to feel. I don't know if that makes sense, but I expected to be frustrated. I expected to be coming from behind. I expected to struggle in the passing game and really have Rodgers put the team on his back if it was a close game. None of that came true. So coming off a week where we nailed all of our predictions, we were 100% wrong here in the best of ways. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really interesting because – well, let's just jump right into it. Final score is 24-21. Cardinals got on the, the board first with a late uh, first quarter touchdown by Edmonds. And then it was Packers from the 13-minute mark of the second quarter through the entire rest of the game. No ties, all wins. Uh, it, it's it, it's just so fun to watch a team that's missing stud after stud after stud. I mean, to think that we went into Arizona with a team that has never really given up 20 points before and put up 24 without wide receiver one, two, or three, without Bakhtiari, without these kind of uh, Tunyon going down before the end of the game. It's just incredible. So let's start with our offense. Aaron Rodgers ended up with, again, 
not the yardage you expected, but smart plays, two touchdowns, 184 yards. Dylan, boys, we got a good Ooh. one in Dylan. We got a really good one in Dylan. And How Jones, much longer do we have him for? Two more years after this. So we have guaranteed this backs backfield for this year and the next two. And even though Jones didn't have a spectacular day running the ball, he contributed enough on the receiving side with seven receptions for 51 yards. So he went over 100 yards for the day, uh, you know, got his touchdown, should have had two. But let's talk about this offense that, I mean, was struggling with a lot of players that were practice squad guys a week ago, and yet were able to put up the second most points on Arizona this year. Yeah, it blew my mind. Um, And 24 points, I guess we have the longest streak in the NFL with scoring 24 over 20 or 24 or more points. Um, Rogers made some comment that they like, they can't break 24. He's like, we seem to really like 24 for some reason, <laughs> but, but you're, you're right. I mean, it was a great performance. I, I did want to call out Aaron Rodgers. I know there's young guys out there, but we got to watch the clock, baby. Come on, come on, speed it up a little bit. Oh, I tweeted out that his timeout privileges need to be revoked. Like, I can love so many things about 12 at quarterback, but the waste of timeouts due to play clock usage. And and you're right. We're all together for this game. We didn't even talk about this yet. We started at a Mexican restaurant. We moved to a pub and we finished in a backyard on a projector screen. We had three different atmospheres across the course of this game. Uh, but we were saying the the way he blew these these timeouts was going to cost us the game. And I don't know how he can consistently waste one to two timeouts per half on running the play clock down to zero, except for last night with working with a bunch of practice squad guys. There was one that was very obvious. He was trying to arrange everyone at the line of scrimmage still, and it was just a total cluster. So I'll give him one, but didn't you feel there was four minutes left and we had no timeouts? We're like, here we go. Like We can't control a single thing when it comes to the clock anymore. Oh yeah. Oh yes. I mean, we won the game still, so it, it all worked out. There were plenty of ways we could have lost this game, and we've covered those. But I have to start with the coaching staff. They deployed, you know, the, these motions, these deceptive plays that build off of each other. A lot of screen passes to Aaron Jones. A lot of short, quick routes uh, to the wide receivers. They used Bobby Tunyon until he went down uh, more than they had in the past. They built a game plan based on their players. They didn't try to say, this is the offense I run. This is what we're going to do against, you know, independent of who our personnel is. They said, who do we have on the field and how can we make it work? And they've, this is not new, but they executed that to perfection. And speaking of execution, everything stemmed off this running game. You guys said Aaron Jones didn't have a great day in the run game. I mean, 15 for 59, I'll take it. The guy always falls forward for being a smaller running back. I don't know how he manages to make Isaiah Simmons look like he forgot that it's squat-tober. Like the guy hasn't seen a weight room when he's (laughs) trying to tackle Aaron Jones. I don't get it. But speaking of squats, A.J. Dillon, that dude, you don't want to be tackling him. Average yards to contact was just above one yard in front of the line of scrimmage, but average yards after contact was 3.8. Like speaking of falling forward, the guy, you know, falls forward 12 feet. It's ridiculous. Like you can't tackle that guy. Those guys picked up so many critical third down plays. Aaron Jones had that one where he got stuck behind the line. He kind of did a dance, two shuffles to the left, picks up a first down on third and four. That was the drive we scored. Well, we did score on, but the ref said no. 
Lucas Patrick was fist pumping. He ends up high five and Royce Newman. You're like, we're going to win this game. And then they even trusted the receivers. Like there was a fourth down pickup to Equinemius St. Brown. Mm-hmm. How many times have we said Rogers only throws to the guys he trusts, you know, until you get his trust, he ain't throwing you the ball. He put that aside last night. He's like, I, I got to throw it to anyone and everyone. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah and I want to talk free. Yep. And I want to bring up the running backs. So on the season, both of both Dylan and Jones are averaging 4.5 yards per carry. If you remove players in the league with under 50 carries. So you have the guy that runs it twice on a, a you know, a reverse that gets 20 yards and his, his average gets skewed. If you're really focusing on the running backs, the, the quarterbacks, people in this league, we have two receivers in the top 15 on yards per rush in the NFL, two, and they're different players, they're different styles, but we have them locked in as young backs in this league, and that's the incredible part. And and Dan and I were looking at at uh, contract situations and playing who's this and who's that. If they can figure out a way to keep this bulk of the offense together, they. Sh- could and should be able to for this foreseeable future you're talking about a loaded roster that is just willing to play and willing to go and i it's it's now when i bring up this down point of we've lost robert tunyon for the year which is crazy it's just it's a heartbreaking situation especially on a pay, play that by all means just didn't look that that bad i know those are the ones that always catch you where it's just a non-contact situation but him running straight forward and just making one slight cut in and that was the difference and when it initially happened and it's like man if we lose tunyon for the season comparatively to last year it doesn't seem like he was part of the system as much that you're like all right this is a huge blow but we'll see what happens he's third on this team in reception and, and in yards I which I wouldn't have guessed. I would have thought there would be some other people. Really? Him. And I guess, I, you know, MVS hasn't been out and Lazard had a slow start. He's third on the team behind only Mr. Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. That's it. So even when you don't think he's making plays, he's actually making them. And it's just going to be hard. And Daphne's going to have to step up and Deguara. But Deguara. it's just it's 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 awesome to see. But it's it's tough when it's awesome to see because we're losing so many players that we have to make up for it. Yeah, this is hands down Lafleur's best win yet, and and I just want to bring up I know everybody's probably seen it who listens to this podcast, but he is the most winningest head coach in his first forty games ever, um, and that's Unreal. pretty cool. That's pretty cool to put your hat. Uh, in the in the group of names that is up there, um, I mean, we found our head coach, boys. This guy can take talent and find where to put them and come, come together with his quarterback and make an awesome game plan. And they stick to it. Like, it, it wasn't pretty at times. They got beat at times. I mean, we, going into halftime, you know, we probably should have had 17 points, if not more. But we didn't. But we weren't panicking. They, they continued doing what they set out to do. Um, and. And these wide receivers, honestly, I was scared every time they were running out. They didn't look like they knew what they were doing, but they did it. And and Juwan Winfrey, even after dropping the ball twice, he came back with four catches, looked really nice. And really, the, the standout in our offense, because I was really worried in the red zone without Devontae Adams, but Randall Cobb coming up with those two touchdown catches in the in, uh, red zone was huge. Um, he only had three catches for 15 yards on the night, 
But you knew when it, when things got tough, Aaron Rodgers was looking to the guy that he trusted the most. And uh, it, it, he was it was looking to him on that fourth down, too, where they threw yep. a run. Yeah, he wasn't so, really open. <laughs> no, he wasn't. But it, it was it was great to see. It it did feel like a preseason game a little bit, or the first game of the season. You know, just not really everything was clicking. But you, they still pulled it off. What are they going to do at tight end? I mean, they spent some decent draft capital on Deguara and sang his praises before the injury last year. Can he be a receiving threat? Mercedes is just going to pull in one handed catches, I guess. We yeah. walked into the pub, our second stop right before that play happened, and we essentially announced our rival by three guys just yelling, what? And there were these girls at the bar that turned around and went, what? <laughs> but what are they going to do at tight end? Do they go look for an Evan Ingram type on the trade wire, or do they just make do with what they got? I'm sure they're going to try, but I, I'm I'm also sure that Matt LaFleur has faith in DeGuara, Lewis, and uh, – Daphne uh, obviously Degara needs to step up and, and get to know a little bit more of the wide receiver plays and the outside routes um, but I think he could do it yeah, I mean he looked good last night he just didn't look like he knew what he was doing so learn the playbook get out there and let's let's go there's a reason why we had two Indiana State tight ends on this team is in case one went down we were still locked in uh, yeah, they are it, equal and equivalent absolutely <laughs> yeah. but here's the thing and I uh, I do really, really like Daphne, and I think that that kind of hybrid, uh, this tight end group is now a complete hybrid. It's it's Mercedes Lewis is an O-line as much as he is a tight end, and Daphne is as much, uh, you know, this fullback as he is um, a tight end. I think now is the time where DeGuara's got to make the step, and there was a lot of times he wasn't in the right formation. I think that one of the timeouts was purely because he just didn't know where he was going on the field. That can't happen. And I understand that he was injured and it's it's always a building experience. But if this guy continually talks about how, oh, Travis Kelsey, I hang out with him in the offseason. This is where you got to start putting the brains behind the brawn. He can have the physical tools to be a, a receiver for the Packers because ultimately it's can you get that eight yard chunk? Yeah, I think he can. But it's a matter of is he smart enough to handle this system, handle the speed of the NFL? I I wouldn't be surprised if we got somebody for tight end, but I also look at it as, you know, we went out and we tried to fix the linebacker situation. We went out and we tried to fix the cornerback situation. I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being a situation that it's just this is our team. And we believe that we are truly the 52 guys that dress are the 52 guys that we're going to roll with. And it just happens to be this kind of makeshift model for the time being. You know what I love about Daphne, too, in that tight end department? His Twitter profile says tight end slash fullback. Ooh. Yeah. So, so, wow. He owns up going, to it. Yeah, low low it man of the year award. Speaking of fullbacks, A.J. Dillon, mm. schematically, they had that fullback dive to him. The coaches just drew that play up beautifully. He looked like John Chennault of the Badgers with that quick action fullback on mm. third and short. But then why no Dillon on the goal line? Yeah, I wasn't going to bring it up just because you we won, bring it but up. that, that made me so mad. Three, I think it was three or four snaps, depending on the penalty, where they had Aaron Jones, and I think he ran it two out of the three times. It's just like well, you've seen the guy fall forward three yards this whole entire game. Just put him in there and let him plow forward. I, they were trying to get Aaron Jones his touchdown that he already had previously, which was a touchdown, everyone. 
and I get that you, you, you try to get the guy who already did it, you know, the points and the stat line, but come on, no, pull him out, put Dylan in there. These are professionals. I don't even get that. LaFleur at least acknowledged it after the game. He said something to the effect of like, I was trying to screw it up with my play calling, but the players wouldn't let me lose the game. Like the players made up for his bad play calling. That That's a lesson that hopefully you learned uh, the easy way because you still won the game. But how that guy that always create, you know, is contacted by a defender and falls forward for an additional almost four yards. You don't run him on second and one from the goal line. Mind blowing. You knew that he guy. had to be like standing right next to LeFleur, like, come on, man, put me in, put me in. Just keep <laughs> slapping his quads. He's like, have you seen these? Have you seen these? <laughs> yeah. He's doing the flex right next to him with his like pinky toe down on the ground. Like, did you see this? He's this. So let's talk about this defense who these Arizona Cardinals were averaging 32 points a game and they came up with 21 and there's a little bit of iffiness and it's it just it ended up being one of those. We held it together as long as we could. Black's interception on review was a lot more athletic than you realize. He stretched all the way back to get it and they got nailed. Yeah, and then according to, I think it was Schneidman on Twitter, I saw when Kyler Murray dropped back, 55% of the time he was pressured, which I in a million years would have never thought on a consistent basis. Kyler Murray was legitimately getting a defender in his face. It was brilliant to see. But the man of the game, they were targeting him all night. Douglas, the ability to turn around tap the ball to himself and then do the cha-cha dance. They get four feet inbounds is un freaking believable, but shout out to these guys. Let's talk about them because this defense absolutely came to play. Number one thing, great play calling from the cornerback band gray, Jerry gray, right? Jerry gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jerry gray, f- fantastic blitz packages at that all blitz call to get the interception for Rasul Douglas was it was the biggest gamble I've ever seen us do in, in quite a while. Uh, normally we just drop back, play some middle zone and, and probably get beat. But he brought the house and Kyler Murray didn't know what to do. So what did he do? He threw it too early to a guy that wasn't even looking at the ball. And we got and we got the pick. But absolutely great play calling. Um, and I just want to bring up since week two. The Packers defense is top five in scoring defense, takeaways, and sacks. Mm. Mm. So without what we thought, without any pass rush ability, real true, you know, elite talent, we are still top five in the NFL in all those categories, which is normally consistent with a consistent pressure on the quarterback. So once again, this defensive line is blowing my mind with how consistent they are playing this year. You know, and if somebody's not having a great game, someone else always steps up and gets in there. Dean Lowry yet again was getting a consistent push. It was wonderful to watch. And, you know, this was probably Stokes' least favorite game of mine. He he, he definitely did uh, have some errors, um, but he still hangs. And, and for a rookie to be playing this well, and consistent, it, it's oh yes, baby. Mm, oh, I'm gonna give on, it a moan. Mm. Yeah, there's that <laughs> patented Josh moan. That's, that's becoming a thing on this podcast. I'm not sure I'm too comfortable with. 
Let's go back to the pass rush uh, before you talked about Eric Stokes. I think the pass rush was the difference in this game. Being pressured on an over half your dropbacks is not something I expected. And what I we also expected that when he got pressured, he would escape and create. And that they had a way of containing him yet. And the fact that Preston was making plays, a guy I just figured would be too slow to chase down Kyler. Rashawn Gary was making plays and face max at the same time. How much do we think the time of possession game that the offense helped with was an effect on the pass rush. Oh, 100%. It always helps the defense keep fresh. Yeah. And I think uh, to go back to it one more time, I, I don't know if I ever questioned our ability to pressure quarterbacks. My thought was we didn't have a finisher. That was a Darius. Zarius nine times out of 10. If he gets a hand on you, he will take you down. That's a great so the point. Fact, so the fact is, Kenny Clark, Lowry, uh, Gary, Kiki, I think, is knocking on the door of three sacks apiece. Imagine again, once this defense is healthy, that you have a closer in Zedarius and allowing these guys that have now learned over the last what will be probably eight to nine weeks what it takes to get into the backfield and go out. We have now changed the mindset of, of Preston. We've now changed the mindset of Gary. This is going to be a very special defense when it's finally ready to go with those four across because it, it's it's an evolution of Gary just thinking that, well, I'll be there to clean up. I'll be there to clean up. Now he has to start making the plays. It's a huge shift, and I love seeing it. And Whitney Merciless had three pressures Yes, in mm. his second game. Mm. And let's call out two things that happened. Jalen Smith, inactive coach's decision. So they literally said, based on our game plan, we do not need Jalen Smith. Whitney Merciless has three pressures in place of him. That worked out. The other thing that happened this afternoon, Zedarius tweets that he's on a flight back to Green Bay and he feels like a new man and can't wait to be back with the team. Yes! So I think we have a perfect mini bye week here to get Kevin King, to get MBS, to get Zedarius, to get Bakhtiari, to get all these guys back. And it's it's needed. I mean, we're 7-1, and one, but you keep saying, like, when we get healthy, when we get healthy. Well, eventually you have to get healthy. It actually has to come together. And it looks like we're going to get a majority of our guys back. We can look past that Jair's out, and there's two knee injuries that were season-ending. Those things are going to happen to football teams. We've shown we have the ability to adjust, and we're getting a ton of our talent back. So I'm ecstatic about that. The pass rush, if Whitney Merciless is your fourth pass rusher with three quarterback pressures a game, when that is week 18, you know, wild card, uh, divisional round, that's impressive. You're going to have four known quantities at pass rush. Layer them in with Kenny Clark. Think about a five-man rush. That's Kenny Clark, Zadarius, Preston, Rashawn Gary, and Whitney Merciless. <laughs> Get another moan there, Josh. There we go. Do you think – I think it's a good point that we shouldn't overlook the fact that we didn't have our defensive coordinator for this, this game. And it's interesting, too, because Jerry – was originally, I think on this podcast, one of our favorites to take over that position. Do you think with Gray kind of being a little bit more blitz happy or at least thinking about that, that these two start working together and they come with a hybrid between Barry and Gray's kind of ability to say, hey, let's let these beasts go wild a little bit more often? Because I I, I think there's something really, really there by dialing it up and working together to try to see what this defense can do. I, 
I think it's coming. I, I think it's always been in the plan. I think they've been holding on to it because they haven't had to use it a majority of the time. I mean, this was hands down the best team that we have played this season, you know, second to Cincinnati. And, you know, their their game plan showed it. They went all out. They acted like they had nothing to lose. And because of the corners, the weak corners that we had, you had to create pressure because if you gave those wide receivers any time to get open, they're going to get open eventually. So uh, I think it's I think it would have been the game plan either way based on of our personnel. Um, but, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think they're going to continue to do it. And I think he will talk to Jerry Gray a little bit more on play play calling if he wasn't already. How how big was the DeAndre Hopkins injury? Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know if you could downplay it. I, you can downplay it by saying, well, our number one wide receiver was also out. I get that. But here's their here's the scoring drives from the Cardinals. The, the first score, I think it was Preston Smith in the face of Kyler Murray. Shocked that it wasn't a sack, and then I'm shocked that he wasn't tipped. A, a tip ball immediately, but then it's DeAndre Hopkins with a veteran savvy move over Eric Stokes, making Stokes jump early and then just dances into the end zone. Well, pretty much the end zone if he didn't face mask for a 50 yard gain. When there were big third down plays, DeAndre checks himself back into the game and beats Stokes on slant routes. I think a healthy DeAndre Hopkins totally flips the outcome of this game. I'm not, I'm not saying like we should give the W back. We were missing more guys than they were. Um, but the Hopkins injury was big because it, the secondary didn't have a great game. I mean, it didn't every time Rondell Moore or Chase Edmonds touch the ball, you kind of just hold your breath? Like We held them in check, but every time those speedsters touch the ball, it's like, oh, God, oh, God. Yeah, yeah, but our, hey, our tackling hey, has hey. improved. That's what I was going to say. Devondre Campbell, you beast. <laughs> You're the man. Oh, man, he's so consistent. But even our safeties and Rasul Douglas, I mean, it's just very consistent tackling, very nice form. Yeah. All around. And they, I love it. And and on the flip side, I mean, we didn't even talk about, oh, I I didn't talk about the remaining two scoring drives from the Cardinals. Those were 12 play and 11 play drives. So they made them work for it. They made them earn it. You make an NFL team go 11 and 12 plays for drives, they're going to commit holding penalties. Turnovers are going to happen. You don't just luck into all these turnovers. You're creating them. So the defensive game plan was perfect. They're executing well. Get some of those, you know, more talented players on the field. And I'm so stoked. When was the last time a Green Bay Packer defense took the field and you were actually hopeful for stops? You're like, I trust they'll stop. No, turnovers. I'm hopeful for turnovers now. Yeah, I, do you remember two years ago when we started in uh, we started the season against the Bears and we only gave up a touchdown or as you maybe didn't field goal and we were like we have the greatest defense. Like yeah, we were having conversations of which which is more fun, having an explosive offense or a stellar oh defense. My God, I do remember that conversation. <laughs> and now we're kind of seeing a mix of both. And again, they're not 100% healthy. And Hopkins is huge, but I actually was severely disappointed by more. 
Rondell Moore did not have a good game. And so when you go into a game thinking they have legitimately four top receivers and then one gets injured and one has a rough game, it's a huge, huge difference maker. And credit to the Packers, they stayed home and they they realized plays. They were reading the Arizona defense to a T. There was a number of times, uh, I think it was Kenny Clark who just, oh no, wait, it was Devondre Campbell who came in and he was shadowing um, Murray. And he stood pat right in the center of the line, waited for Murray to make the run and immediately jumped into it. Like it was a lot of great reads of just staying home, not over committing. There was a few missed tackles here and there, but ultimately they were in at least the right vicinity of making plays. It's just it's awesome to see. And I know we, we sound egotistical and we sound overly optimistic about this team, but it's just one of those things that we're talking about the last 40 games. We're only losing seven. Like we're the best team in the world. Yes. Are you egotistical when you're the best team in the world? I am no longer a homer for you listeners. (laughs) I should have picked a win. (laughs) I did text a friend today that we were talking about how wild that game was. And I said, dude, my expectations now are through the roof. Yeah. There's no way that we're going to go to another NFC championship game and lose. We'll that'll never happen again with this team. But I, I, it's just, we talked about this stretch that the Packers have and how absolutely a month ago it seemed ridiculously daunting to go on the road to Cincinnati, to face your rival at home, to go to Arizona where we're chunking away pieces. And next week with 10 days rest and getting back our receiver, one, two, three, and Bakhtiari at the very least with a little Kevin King action, we faced the, the Kansas City Chiefs which is going to be a fun, fun game because, yes, again, for the second week in a row, offense has some weapons. Defense, though, boys, this is going to be a very, very exciting game. This is a very, very exciting game coming up, and it's just so fun to know that even it's to the point where I don't even know who's on the field, and it doesn't matter because I'm just I, I'm ready to watch this team. This team is so fun to see play each and every week. Does does this game stop Kyler Murray's MVP like talk. I mean, he, he clearly, mm. clearly did not look good. Like you could say all you want. He's, he's a good quarterback and he is from time to time, but against this defense, he struggled think, this much that that's, that's telling. I think Kyler Murray's offensive line stopped Kyler Murray's MVP talk. Good point. <laughs> good point. Yeah. <laughs> hey, remember this is part of the season where I thought we would go three and three. In our schedule mm-hmm. projections, this was a six-game stretch we thought really would define the team, and we're off to a two and zero start within this six-game stretch. So, you know, you go get three here, and I feel like we're playing with house money in the worst part of our schedule. We're we're in an amazing position right now to start talking playoff positioning. You know, a month from now, it's super excited. And one guy we didn't talk about that we got a compliment because he might be changing positions again ten days from now. Elton Jenkins held mm. Chandler zones. Chandler Jones, this guy that people, you know, ESPN, five sacks in week one, and it hasn't really done much since, but five sacks in week one, and uh, everyone's un- disrespected him his entire career, and he's actually amazing. Elton Jenkins is like, nah, man, <laughs> I don't let anyone get to 12. That, that guy's playing amazing at any position you put him at, and he's probably going to be at a new one against Kansas City. Unbelievable. And you know what we're going to do? I'm going to even go one step further. Was that the best punk coverage we've seen in the last decade? 
Holy yes, they got a turnover. <laughs> yeah, Bo- that was a Bojo, special teams. Bojo cranked a sixty-yarder. The I it, it, on the sideline. It just that that was the best punt coverage. It's the best punt coverage we've ever had. But it's just it's my goodness. Let's, Bojo for MVP. Mm. He's replaced Kyler Murray as MVP. <laughs> I second that. So, with that said. We're going to enjoy this extended time off. Watch those suckers play on Sunday. Uh, there's a possibility the Packers could be three to four games ahead of everybody in the North, which is just unbelievable go, at this go, time of the year. Go Cowboys. Go Cowboys. Go Cowboys, please. I just barked in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but until next time, thanks, everybody. Go Pack, go. Go Pack, go.